the transfer portal is going crazy right now with players going in and out all over the nation and Boston College is not immune. We'll talk about who's in, who's out, and everything in between on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. To make every moment more, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are now in like this weird moment where it's kind of like the offseason, but we still have a bowl game going on. And there's going to be roster movement and we're going to talk about it because the transfer portal opens up on December 4th, but that doesn't stop players from announcing that they're going to be entering the transfer portal. And to talk all about that and to talk about expectations about BC football, we have Mitch Wolf, Mitch, Mitchell Wolf of Eagle Insider, excuse me, Mitch, how's it going? It's going well. I just finished putting my name in the transfer portal as well, uh, looking for a big NIL bag from uh, somewhere else. So we'll, we'll see where that takes me. <laughs> <laughs> so big news to start the day. Uh, so just so you guys kind of know how things are going. Players have, what would you call it, like exit interviews almost? Yeah, that's, that's a good word for it. An exit interview with coaching staffs where they are, you know, a lot of times they're graduates. And they have the opportunity to come back or the staff kind of talks to them about their role or whether they, you know, if they're graduated or whether they want them back and they kind of make a plan, whether they're going to enter the transfer portal or what they're going to do. And a lot of these moves that you're going to hear about in a second are not because Jeff Halfley stinks or this team stinks. I, I, at least mo- most of what you're hearing is it has nothing to do with that. It's not the principal reason, at least. No, it's because they're looking for playing time. They're going to try to find a better situation. Most of these kids have graduated, so it makes sense for them just to go try someplace else. So the big names that are coming out today, the biggest name is the picture on our screen, Sheeta Salah, who's been on BC since roughly 2009. And <laughs> no, not really, 2019. But he feels like he's been here forever. Uh, and d- we'll talk a little bit about him in a second. But addition, defensive back Jason Scott, we had uh, defensive lineman Josh Hardy, running back Andre Hines, who became a darling to BC fans for what four runs that he made. Mm-hmm. And am I missing somebody? Not, uh, not, not that I can remember, yeah, I think or, that the can, or, or that we can officially report yet. <laughs> yeah, and I can, I can say, and I have buzz about it up on Eagle Insider. You can get seventy five percent off right now. So there are more players coming, but. This is the this is the this is the lay of the land now. This is not like a condemnation of Boston College. I'm I'm being honest with you because look at every other school. No matter what school it is right now, they're they're all getting hit with this. Other well, some of the bigger schools aren't, but it's going to happen. In the next they, they probably are because some of those bigger schools, you know, they, you know, for a guy who is kind of in a similar situation to some of these guys we mentioned, like a guy like Josh Hardy who played all of five special team snaps last year. Yep. So. You know, if you're a guy who came into, you know, say Georgia or Texas A&M or somewhere and you were a four star and they said, oh, you're going to play a lot. And, 
you didn't, then you say, okay, I'm two years in and I'm not really getting playing time. You know, then you start exploring your options elsewhere. Uh, and you kind of get that sense by that exit interview with the coach say, Hey, like, listen, you know, we really like X and O guy. And we think that he's, we just, and we think he's going to be our, our starter. And so we don't really see a role for you outside of this in the immediate future. And then it's kind of up to the player to decide, this is kind of how I understand it goes. It's up to the player then to decide, Hey, do you want to kind of take this deal or try your hand in the portal? Um, so for a guy like Jason Scott, who, played very sparingly mostly on special teams has been here a while and like you said has graduated you know it's he's he's not really going to play much more at bc obviously so he says hey I'll, I'll probably transfer down to a g5 school or an fcs school and see if i can get some playing time there and maybe kind of you know at this point you kind of probably have an idea of whether you're going to make make it to the next level or not and say well maybe i can you know catch fire for a year and get some interest or you know move closer to home and get a graduate degree from that institution, something I want to specialize in, or, you know, there's a whole host of reasons, but like you said, uh, the exodus that's happening and going to happen is not, you know, this program is falling apart. I don't know. Obviously it's a disappointing year, but it's not because there's, there's a lot of other reasons that go into it. And obviously every player has their own individual story that kind of influences their decision-making in this process. And I also think the, another, another, um, common thread i see with fans is it's nil these players it's not nil <laughs> they're not gonna these are not players that are gonna go and find bags of money somewhere you know what i mean like that again it's i i honestly think what you said mitch like they've kind of maxed out what they can do with this program you know jason I mean, Scott and for a guy like josh hardy maybe not you know maybe maybe you know he is and it's you know i think somebody mentioned on the board that you know, it's kind of it's kind of telling you weren't able to crack the rotation in this defensive line. Uh, but, you know, he just kind of needs an opportunity somewhere else where he is going to play. So he'll probably I forget where he's from off the top. Uh, of Maryland. Head. Thank you. Um, yeah. So probably not Maryland, but could transfer back to one of the smaller Virginia schools, uh, maybe Temple, uh, something like that, where, you know, say, like, you know, get some more playing time, at least get some more snaps on your belt. And then maybe you can prove yourself. And, you know, we see guys, you know, he, by the time if he you know plays for a little bit at a lower school, he could graduate from there and then transfer again up to a, a slightly bigger school and, you know, see if he can, you know, prove himself at that level. But yeah, it's a lot of moving parts. Yep. And just as a, a final thought too, with all these moving parts, there's going to be players coming to BC and, you know, there's been a couple offers out already. There was a tight, tight end. We have a whole story up about him from Harvard who had uh, 70 catches, I think over the last couple of years for the, for the Crimson Tide, uh, not Crimson Tide, the Crimson, excuse me, Jesus. Um, and there's a new offer out to an offensive lineman from North Dakota. So you're seeing BC, they're already making moves. And I think this also brings back to the point, I think, while we're talking about this, that it looks clear to me that Jeff Halfley's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that Josh, not Josh Pate, Matt Zenitz of uh, 247, who I, I was actually chatting with him, and he said the staff expects him to be back, that – um you know, that they're going around like business as usual. And obviously they are because they're making offers. They're doing things in the transfer portal. They're having their exit interviews. So it doesn't look like to me that Jeff Halfley is going anywhere. And I know folks have their thoughts about that, but for right now, unless, you know, unless things change and honestly, we don't know what Blake James is thinking. If there's a coach out there that he wants, that could change in a second. But right now it does not look like there's going to be a coaching change. Yeah, I think I was thinking, you know, but if we reach the end of Monday and there has been a change, you know, we saw Middle Tennessee State part with Rick Stock still, who's been, I mean, I'd put it, say he's been an institution there, to put it lightly, he's been there for like 18 years or something and built that program pretty much out of nothing. So, you know, if 
if there's no more, there's no real moves come down, you know, we're hearing some rumors about who the next Syracuse head coach is going to be. So I, I think BC's kind of staying put at this point. And again, we've expressed our thoughts on that matter, but, and, you know, I think we still thought it was unlikely that change would be made. So, you know, we are moving forward business as usual. Uh, and like you said, BC's kicking the tires on some guys. Uh, that's going to take some time. You know, obviously, like you said, the portal isn't actually open until next week. And even then, I, I don't think you're going to see anybody probably there'll be a few people who land at a place immediately. I would say there's going to be some uh, bit of a feeling out period on, I would say from both sides, from the player side and from the school side. And selfishly, the one player that I want that's already in the transfer portal is I think he's an offensive line, no defensive lineman. Thor was a nice Thor, uh, Thor Griffin. No, nice. Thor Nystrom is a uh, college football writer. I forget what's oh, yeah. I've actually met, I've actually met him and uh, hung out the senior bowl with him. But uh, Thor, I think it's Griffin or Griffith, and he's another player out of Harvard. Uh, but I think he's. I think even you said he's going to get Blues some big Blue time, Jack. some big time interest from. But I just uh, want to talk about someone named Thor for an entire. Yeah, that movie. would be very cool. I would like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in a moment, we're going to switch things up. Mitch has some thoughts about what, what some expectations fans should have for Boston college moving forward and kind of resetting what our thoughts are about what BC should be. You're going to want to hear his thoughts about all of that in just a moment. Now, FanDuel is the place to go when the weather gets cold or the NFL gets hot on FanDuel. If you are not done so already, you can sign up and get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I I decided, Mitch and I have been joking about doing the over-unders a lot in the Big Ten games, but I decided to do it with Patriots because the Patriots and Giants, I went under in that because that, that felt like a Big Ten kind of game in general, and it, and it ended up being that way. And I got all that good deals up on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel yourself and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL se- season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, you are in the process of making hirings. You need to get the best people available for your business. And the best place to do that is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has everything you need. All you got to do, you get your job. You're looking for a manager for your, your, your company. You want someone with strong communication skills, someone who's organized. You put all those into your job descriptions. You make it a purple hashtag hiring frame. Boom. You're going to make it easy. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. And thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, and I'm joined by Mitchell Wolf, our staff writer on Eagle Insider. And right now, if you're listening to this, you can get 75% off an annual membership to our site. Mitch does game films. He does all sorts of football analysis you're not going to find anywhere else. I'm doing. I'm breaking down the transfer portal. I was on the phone with the staff just right before we recorded. So I have insider information that's up right now that answers some questions that fans had. You're going to get it all there. 
I have recruiting news up that again, you're not going to find anywhere else because I ask I'm an insider. We also have BC hockey blogger. If you're ready to get in for the national uh, run towards the national championship, hockey East championship and Beanpot championship, BC Eagles are looking that way as their number one in the nation. Get to Eagle insider 25 bucks for the entire year, 12 bucks, 12 months, VIP access to everything, including our community. Sign up today. It's the best way to support our work. Get over there right now. All right, Mitch, I'm going to give you the floor here because you had some thoughts that you wanted to talk about, about the future of BC football. Go ahead. That's me setting up my soapbox. Um, So based on what I've been reading on our boards a lot recently, and I I try not to chime in as as much as uh, just, just the regular discourse as opposed to kind of answering specific questions, but the, the consistent theme that I'm picking out is that I feel like the expectations for this program have have been have become bloated to a point that is not sustainable. And it's kind of crazy to think that because, again, this program hasn't breached seven wins since 2016, I think. 2018, I think. Yeah. Uh, it should, should have if they had played that bowl game and won, for sure. Uh, but my... You know, and everybody, the thing I keep seeing is, oh, you know, they need to get back to the Tom O'Brien, the Tom Coughlin days, yada, yada, yada. And frankly, I just don't think that that is reasonable anymore. And I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. I think that a principal reason is obviously NIL and how NIL kind of exacerbates the, the poor position BC is in relative to other programs in the power five that it is ostensibly trying to compete with. And I'm not even talking about, um, I guess I am kind of talking about some of those bigger, like even programs like NC state or, and not really North Carolina, kind of like those, even like the mid to upper level uh, ACC programs, you know, obviously you want to be competing and be better than programs like Wake Forest and Syracuse. And I think you can honestly lump a lot of the issues that Wake Forest and Syracuse are struggling with now. And, you know, Wake Forest was doing really well for a while because they had Sam Harbin. They kind of hit on a few recruiting classes and they were able to punch above their weight. Then they kind of lost everything. And now they're kind of back at the bottom. Um, so I, th- I feel like we need to reset with this program because I think that in this new landscape of college football, where BC, regardless of anything, BC is going to be behind the eight ball just because of the number raw number of alumni that they have that are interested in athletics and willing to donate. You know, think if you think about like the huge NIL schools like Texas A&M and uh, Miami and uh, Tennessee and uh, USC and all that, you, you, have, you have so many more alumni with so much more capital that are just gonna be able to change how those programs work. And right now NIL is a, extremely a wild, wild West landscape. And by my personal conspiracy theory, and I don't even know if it's really a conspiracy theory is that, the NCAA has perfectly pur- purposefully dragged its feet on NIL to create a bubble scenario, almost like kind of like the cryptocurrency bubble that we've seen over the last few years to the point that every, that all the schools, all their fans hate it. And they're going to want to go back to the old ways. And that's kind of the NCAA's gambit. And frankly, I think they're going to lose that gambit eventually to a point where the NCAA's bubble of their existence will be popped and we will see a super league essentially where the biggest programs will split off, make power, make football separate from the rest of uh, other collegiate sports. Uh, and, you know, you have anyone think, I think of those teams, I think of like 20 and there's like Alabama, Georgia, 
USC, Oregon, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, all those schools would essentially split off and form their own thing. And that, that that's, you know, it's hard to project exactly when that'll happen, but I honestly could probably see that happening by like 2035, um, probably before the ACC's media deal is up. And obviously the ACC is its own thing where you're worried about <clears throat> Clemson, Florida State, maybe UNC leaving and then a conference falling apart and then trying to kind of salvage what was left of the what they could get from the Pac-12 and poaching a few teams to the American here and there. I'm just not sure how, that, how sustainable that is until they can get, unless they can get a, a completely new TV deal done. That makes them in the same weight class as the SEC or, and Big Ten, which is they're still not really going to be in that weight class. So there's all these external variables that I think are just going to make it extremely hard for BC to compete at this level. I'm not saying BC needs to drop down to the American or anything like that, because the money that they're getting from the ACC in this structure is currently still significantly better than they would get anywhere else. And at the end of the day, we all know that's what matters in college football right now. And, you know, back in the day when we talk about Tom O'Brien and Tom Coughlin in those days, you know, I know, you know, there was obviously, there's probably money being exchanged behind the scenes, maybe not as much at BC, but at other places, but even back then, like money did not rule college football as it does today. And money does not money doesn't money does not rule college football to the point it did even when Steve Adazio, I would say, took over at BC. You know, the, the college football landscape has massively shifted in the last 10 years. Um, and so and it's gonna keep changing. You know, we're seeing this this NIL, these kind of NIL Congress hearings where there's currently this class action lawsuit where if the NCAA loses, they're gonna owe four billion dollars in damages, and that will essentially cripple the NCAA. Mm-hmm. So and obviously you have the college football playoff expanding that could, that could, you know, complicate its own thing. So, so I've kind of explained all these external variables and I think that you know, well, we can take a break now so I can take a drink of water and you could offer your opinions. So I can take a drink of water yep. <laughs> uh, and then we'll get into kind of how this all can affect BC and where I think we need to recalibrate their expect their expectations for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like there clearly when you look at the teams that have and the teams that have not, there's a gigantic chasm between those schools. When you when you look at what a school like Georgia has compared to what Boston College has, it's not even fair. Like they they're playing two different sports. Basically. Yeah, like and I think we've kind of talked about this. Is BC's model of NIL right now is essentially trying to keep the guys in house that they can. You know, guys like Christian Mahogany, Zay Flowers, um, Donovan Azaraku. You know, Georgia and those other programs are like going out and hunting. Yeah, they got Dominic Levitt. Love it who's one of the best wide receivers in the sec because Missouri couldn't afford him. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, like, you know, even compared to Missouri, I would say BC's behind them. And, you know, if Georgia can go out and poach from Missouri, you know, what could they do to guys like a BC? So, yeah, I mean, and I think there is, there's some push for a, a universal basic income kind of model where every player gets a little bit, but then that obviously kind of takes away from the star players who quote unquote deserve it more. Um, so and I, and I just think I think eventually this model is not sustainable. But for the purposes of this discussion, we need to kind of create a mental bubble of like, okay, this is where we are right now, and this is kind of the world we need to live in. And obviously, you need to be adaptable to change. And I think, and I think that the stability of keeping Halfley is, I think, because of how rapidly things are changing in the next few years, I think this, the the uh, positive of keeping Halfley for stability purposes might have a, f- a factor that we haven't really considered as much that might be weighing on Blake James's mind. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, some hate mail tomorrow, Mitch. Oh, I mean, hey, that's how my day started, as you know. I, I won't discuss that fully, but you know, that's how my day began today. <laughs> yep, 
Yep. It's part of the life that we live. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> in a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk about the, what, what the expectations should be for Boston college. But first of all, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season too. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry with basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For instance, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three points made and receptions want to play alongside some of the prize picks, favorite players like Meek Mill and Andrew Schultz. You can find community plays under the promos tabs of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize pick communities each week. Now, all you need to do, they have quick withdrawals, easy to play. Everything is all there. Go over to prizepick.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. And we're talking with Mitch here about expectations for BC sports, BC football specifically. All right. What do you think, you know, BC went six and six this year. Most folks are thinking that is a disappointment. I think of it as a disappointment given the schedule. I've already kind of went on my rant about that. What, what are you thinking about what expectations we should have about this program? So I will say I completely agree that this year is a disappointment based on the schedule. Um, we went into it thinking these were, there were a lot of winnable games on it. They ended up being winnable games. Uh, you know, I think specifically of the Northern Illinois and Pitt games because, you know, Northern Illinois ended up being bowl eligible and Pitt is still bad. And BC really, I would say, let those games slip away. You know, I think there was clearly a talent deficiency against Louisville, Miami. I think, I think the Virginia Tech game to a certain extent, I think that that game kind of got away from them too quickly. And the more I hear about the Florida state game is uh, that Florida state had the flu that week. And that's why they kind of came out flat. And, you know, that game was closer than it had, had any right to be. And obviously that's kind of part of the red bandana magic, but I digress. Anyways, th- this season was a disappointment based on schedule, but my, this comes back to my point about where I think unless there is a significant sea change regarding nil legislation putting perhaps like a salary cap of it or something like that which i can't imagine how that would work but whatever i think we need to start accepting the fact that the expect and i guess the expectation for bc should be bowl eligibility and six six to seven wins get to a bowl game and i think it's just based on where they are in the acc at this point um again where they are with the talent with the talent relative to the other programs that needs to be our expectations because I think just, you know, compared to what the big, and obviously I wasn't alive for most of that. And I certainly wasn't following BC as close BC football as close as I was, as I am now. But from what I understand, I just think that the, the way the ACC, the way the big East was back then, it was, and even early, early in the ACC, it was just a more winnable league. And, you know, I think that there's again, a lot of reasons why kind of BC has kind of fallen to this point. I think you could go back to saying kind of the, the spaz, the spaz years kind of, you know, let the foundation crumble and there's been attempts to build it back with both Daz and Halfley and the efforts have been mixed. But I think that at but my point is, is at this point now for, for, I think everybody, for fans sanity, 
and you know I, I think a big part of it is i see just so much negative language on the board about embarrassing pathetic you know depressed and i'm just like okay let's 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 take a step back let's recalibrate let's say this is a program that should be able to get to six wins every year i would say every year i would say most years you know you see some fluctuations in the schedule next year is gonna be tough because of the tough schedule and uh you know maybe some talent drain but point is on the average bc should be should be shooting for a bowl game every year and getting extra wins above that is obviously great, but we're not expecting it. Maybe this year is a bit different where you should expect it because you have a relatively easy schedule. But I think we just need to start saying like getting to a bowl game is good for BC and because BC is at a point, And I think I've heard Bud Elliott talk about this in the cover three podcast. Um, there are certain programs that like Syracuse, like Wake Forest, and even in different, there's kind of different levels of different conferences, like a Mississippi state in the sec, um, like I was going to try to say Pac-12 team that doesn't exist anymore. Um, a Iowa State, I guess Iowa State's good, kind of good too now. But uh, the new the new programs in the Big Twelve, the Houston's, the UCF's, that kind of thing, where you're taking the ACC check with the money, and obviously the money isn't as good as it could be the other in the other uh, conferences. But you're taking that check to, and that's going to pay for some of these losses. The the line from uh, Mad Men is that's what the money is for, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where BC is. And I, I get that that is disappointing to older alumni and people who lived through those very good years in the nineties and the early two thousands. But unless we really want to, and I think, I think this is kind of the, the thing that I debate back and forth is being perpetually angry about your school kind of is what makes college football, college football. But I, I don't know if I can live that way where I'm perpetually, and maybe some people can, but I don't know if I can live that way where I'm perpetually angry about BC not getting to eight or nine wins every year. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, in the future, if they can get a coach that can raise his expectations, that's great. But for now, I think we need to just recalibrate. Let's move those expectations down a little bit so we cannot be so stressed and angry at the program all the time. I also think, and I, I mentioned this to Mitch, I think if BC wants to get to that eight wins, this is going to also anger older alumni. You need to recalibrate what you're scheduling your off your your out of conference games as well. Mm-hmm. Like scheduling Ohio State, which they have on their schedule, which I don't know if that'll ever happen. Alabama, which is coming up, and you've got some other games, Michigan State, things like that. If you really want your program to get to eight wins, you're playing a tough conference schedule. Make it easier on yourself. <laughs> and again, if, if you are going to schedule those schools, then when you get your, you know, what handed to you, again, the kind what the, that, that's what the money is for. And I, I'm not sure if there are, quote, buy games uh, yep. between Power 5 teams, but, you know, I think that if there are, you know, then that's kind of where you take the check when you're getting pantsed by an Alabama or an Ohio State. But, yeah, I totally agree with that, too. You know, let's let's schedule, let's, let's make UConn and UMass and uh and you know rotate some caa team as your fcs team like let's get those three wins on the schedule every year and then maybe maybe once our few years you throw notre dame on there like well that's probably a loss but maybe it's in chestnut hill and we can you know pull an upset but yeah you're gonna need to change your scheduling model then to say okay we need if we want to pick up these easy wins where we can then we need to change like you said change our scheduling philosophy because if you're gonna go in with a schedule that's gonna include alabama clemson i i don't even i don't even know what year that is but like you're gonna that year already you're looking at like okay i have three automatic losses not not even a chance 
looking into that season. So you, you gotta, you, you can't have it both ways. You gotta be mm-hmm. able to figure out a way to future, you know, in the future, like if you want to raise the bar, raise the bar by doing reasonable things and sec schools do that too. Like, don't like say that the BC is, you know, we're a weak school. Like, Look at some of the out-of-conference games a team like Georgia plays some some years or some of these SEC schools. They play garbage every year because they play a tough conference schedule. And if the ACC is, is not as tough as the SEC, but for a team like Boston College it is, then you calibrate just like these other schools are. Don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, based on the bowl rejections we're seeing, it seems like as long as BC gets bowl eligibility, they're going to be shunted off into the Fenway Bowl. So, you know, may- maybe trying to get to that eight wins is important just so you don't have to stay home for the holidays every year for the bowl game. But, yeah. and I'm, and again, like I'm, I think you kind of said something to this effect. I'm sure there are going to be BC fans that are saying, oh, you know, this is defeatist, you're giving up. And it's like, yeah, I, I and maybe I, I just don't have the energy. And obviously, I'm younger than a lot of people who are probably going to get mad about this, but it's like, I just don't have the energy to, be a be mad at this team every year because they didn't achieve a relatively unattainable goal. So I think that, you know, you can recalibrate these expectations and say, Hey, you know, getting to a bowl game is good. Uh, you know, getting to better bowl games is obviously better, but for where we are now. And I think that how we got there deserves, you know, criticism and investigation and all that. But for where we are now moving forward, I think we really do need to re- reset expectations to say that six and six is, and obviously it's like, oh, then what do we fire Daz for? And, you know, that that's a fair argument. But I, th- I think sometimes, uh, and I think this maybe this is more the case with the NFL, but sometimes, you know, the, the coaching message gets stale and you're like, okay, you know, I kind of think of how, what the Bills are going through with Sean McDermott right now. Like Sean McDermott is a very good NFL coach, but there's just like some disconnect where there might need to be, you know, kind of a parting the ways just say, hey, we need to refresh things, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I think that's kind of maybe what might be, might be happening BC in the near future. So, you know, that's kind of my soapbox rant just so, because I just kind of get, you know, and I guess when I see people comment, oh, this is embarrassing. This is pathetic. This is blah, blah, all that stuff. I'm like, this is not, you know, you know, it's at least based on like what I see from other college football and what I see like on the field, I'm like, this is not embarrassing or pathetic. It's not, it's not good. It's not great, but it's, when I see those words, I just see it's like, it's really not that bad. So maybe we need to just, you know, take the tenor of the language down a notch. And that is Mitch Wolf at his finest. So Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, and then obviously check us out on Eagle Insider, uh, having my game rewatch for the Miami game. And, and this week is going to be fun because I have a lot of uh, season in review things planned. Uh, we're going to do our three stars of the season. Um, there will technically be four because one will be an honorable mention. I'll, I'll save for who that is. You can probably figure it out. Um, then we'll have like a season review statistics wise, and then uh, kind of do uh, some schematic things that I thought were interesting from the season. Um, kind of how BC, how, how BC's defense kind of ebbed and flowed with their schematic versatility during the season and how that, how the results differ greatly. So, you know, a lot, a lot of interesting stuff that will be coming down the pipe. Now, obviously, as AJ talked about, I have all the recruiting stuff, all the portal stuff that's going to be huge. And then, you know, next week we find out where PC's bowl game is going to be. And we kind of figure, we kind of know where it is, but, you know, figure out who the opponent is, which we have an idea of. But, you know, that'll be interesting to break that down over the next few weeks. All right. And this is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black 247. I am breaking the uh, transfer portal news as it happens on Eagle Insider. Make sure you bookmark our site and I will have any big news 
up on our YouTube page. So if you're not following Locked On BC on YouTube, you need to do that now. I'm going to be doing some shorts on some of the bigger players if they enter. She just allows the biggest one so far, and I don't even think that's worth it. But if there's another big player, I'll have a quick update on that up on the site. So make sure I'm in up on the YouTube page. So make sure you follow that. And make sure you're back tomorrow as we continue to talk more about where BC. Mitch, can you hear me?